As moms, we often wonder, am I doing enough for my kids? I'm here to tell you, you are super mama. That's because we have an undeniable superpower, our intuition, and it never steers us wrong. I call it our mom sense. Hi, I'm Kanika Chadda Gupta, and I'm the host of That's Total Mom Sense. I'm a journalist, entrepreneur, wife, and mom of three, twins plus one. Now, if I had a dollar every time I heard, gee, you have your hands full. On my podcast, I interview influential moms from various industries and cover topics that all first-time parents grapple with, from getting your baby to sleep to screen time allowance, your new normal in your marriage, and how to dedicate time to yourself. Learn and laugh along with that total mom sense. If you're a daytime soap opera buff, you may remember that my guest today, Liza Huber, played Gwen Hotchkiss on the NBC series Passions. Liza began her career as an actress and switched gears when she started her family. Liza is now an entrepreneur, award-winning cookbook author, wife, mom of four, and the CEO and founder of Sage Spoonfuls, one of the most trusted brands in mealtime products for babies and kids, available at major retailers both nationwide and internationally. Liza had the idea for Sage Spoonfuls after her first baby was born. She couldn't find homemade baby food products that offered the ease of use, convenience, and quality she was looking for. At the time, she was working for NBC and didn't have the desire to start a new business. But just a year and a half later, her second child was born nine weeks premature and everything changed. After nearly losing her son, the importance of giving babies the healthiest start to life became her mission. She made a career pivot from TV to entrepreneurship and dedicated herself fully to developing a product line that made being healthy easy for busy parents. It was then that Sage Spoonfuls was born. In Liza's book, Sage Spoonfuls, Simple Recipes, Healthy Meals, Happy Babies, you won't find time-consuming recipes. Instead, you'll find quick and easy baby food recipes that take just minutes to prepare. And in only 10 minutes, you can have a freezer stocked with healthy homemade baby food. Instead of going to the store, you can now go shopping in your freezer. And during the lockdown due to the COVID-19 pandemic, this is a huge benefit to parents who want to avoid making weekly trips to the grocery store and flatten the curve. Liza lives in Boston with her husband and four children. Liza, welcome, welcome to That's Total Mom Sense. Thank you so much for having me, Kanika. I'm so excited to be able to chat with you. I am so, so happy that we've connected on many levels. We're both members of Hey Mama, and we were introduced by our mutual friend, Kate Anderson of iFundWomen, who's also been on the show. And I want to just thank you for being there for me. I really, really appreciate that when we did connect, we became fast friends and you've been a mentor and you're helping me grow my business and navigate as I grow this podcast. So that means so much to me. Oh, thank you so much. I've just, you know, loved meeting you and the connection we have and, you know, so many women reach their hand out to me when I started and when, you know, I'm so grateful for that. And I wouldn't be where I am today with Sage Spoonfuls without those outstretched hands from other women. And I just think what you're doing is spectacular. And I'm excited to just watch you just, you know, reach for the stars and just 
take over the podcast space. You're doing amazing things. Thank you, Liza. Oh, I'm so, so touched. And I mean, I am truly inspired by you and your story and how you've built this brand from scratch. But before we get into that, how are you and your family doing You know, while we're in quarantine during the pandemic? We're doing okay. I mean, I, I really can't complain other than you know, some boredom, you know, roots growing in and eating, you know, 24 seven, you know, I feel very blessed. We're doing okay. You know, I know a lot of people are are not doing okay and my heart breaks for them. And of course, so grateful to, to all the first responders and the doctors and the nurses. It's incredible what they're doing. I mean, I wear my N95 we have a couple left over from a um, home improvement project from a, a few years ago. And I had one on the other day just for 15 minutes to go to the bank. And when I took it off my face, like there was broken capillaries and stuff. I, I don't know how these men and women in the medical profession wear these all day and God bless them. So true. So true. But you are a mom of four. So there's a lot going on. Tell us about how, you know, you and the kids and your husband have grown through this and, you know, some of the silver linings that you've found. Well, something we know that we are not a fan of is online learning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. God bless the teachers. They've been given a, just an impossible task, but so have parents and so have kids. And with four kids, they, I have never seen so many links in my entire life and links and logins. And I definitely miss the days of workbooks and the written word, pen and paper work because it's so hard. I mean, I definitely, I know that we are absolutely failing the online learning thing, but it's so hard. You know, you have two full-time careers and four children and we're doing the best we can. And I know that everyone is doing the best we can. Online learning is so hard. That's been our biggest challenge is to keep up with that and make sure that they're staying on top of their learning. That's the biggest challenge. And uh, I feel like this quarantine and this entire experience is a lot like grief in a way and has so many different phases. I mean, the quote unquote novelty of quarantine and the newness of this has worn off. And now we move into phase two of what is the new normal and how do we function as a family, as a married couple, as individuals throughout this new normal that is most likely going to last a very long time. So I'm kind of thinking about beyond online learning. Okay. You know, there's only so many video games that kids can play. I mean, it, really trying to figure out where where can we go? Where can we walk? You know, what can we do that's okay, that's safe for them, for everyone else? Mm -hmm. you know, just moving into phase two of the deep realization that this is not going to be over anytime soon. So true. It's so true. Well, do you spend a lot of time in the kitchen? No, I'm not. It's funny. I see everyone baking and everything. And actually, I have a really good problem that I am very grateful for with with so many people losing their jobs and just so many people having such a difficult time. Sage Spoonfuls is, while we are available in, in hundreds of stores across the country, we have a tremendous online presence. So for us, sales are up, I mean, like through the roof. Now, managing that during COVID. So our warehouse is considered an essential business, but we employ this wonderful group of special needs adults who does a lot of product assembly for us, you know, putting mm -hmm. lids on jars and things like that, but they're considered a school. So they've been shut down since the middle of March. So these orders are like 
5X what we're used to, but Mm -hmm. we don't have anyone putting the items together. So in the beginning of the COVID crisis, like the hardcore lockdowns, like about four or five weeks ago, I actually went down to our warehouse myself and I spent 10 days there and built like 3,000 units all by myself just to keep the company running. And now as a company, we're moving into really phase two of how to handle this. We realize I can't be away. First of all, I'm only one person. Right. Um, but I'm very proud to say that because of the increase in sales, which I'm so grateful to our Sage Spoonfuls customers for, I was able to hire two people and provide two full-time jobs. I hired two women who recently lost their jobs, who are so happy to have this work. And I can tell you, I'm just as happy to have them on the team. Yeah. So I have not been in the kitchen. I've actually been in the warehouse four days a week building with them and really getting down to brass tacks in my own warehouse. And uh, that's what I've been doing. <laughs> Good for you. Oh my goodness. And how far is it from home? It's four hours. And, you know, thankfully my husband and kids are so supportive and understand. And, you know, as a a small business owner, you just, you have to do what you have to do. We all have our masks on and, you know, we work in our overflow warehouse. So actually it's just my assembly team, the two women that I hired and myself Mm -hmm. uh, by ourselves in this big, gigantic warehouse. And so, and inherently you're very, very far apart. We're, we're like, we're like 20 feet apart (laughs) and we have our masks on, but, you know, proud to be able to provide those jobs and and really just happy that I don't live across the country, that I'm just, you know, a few hours away by car, but I've been driving every week and spending four days, five days there to help okay. build and help keep the company running. Right. Wow. That is passion at its best, you know, so good for you. That's Thank really you. Amazing. And you know what? It's It's been a very big learning lesson for me. I normally make yearly visits to see my team in the warehouse because, you know, we're not a new company. We've been around for seven years. So, you know, once the train has left the station and everyone has their jobs and, you know, I'm really focused on global compliance and product development and marketing and not so much on components and assembly. And this has been a huge lesson for me as a CEO. I mean, there is so much that I see that can be improved in going forward, even post-COVID. I'll be visiting the warehouse one to two times a month. We're increasing profitability. We're making packaging changes. We're making product changes. We're making just process changes. And it's it's so important for CEOs to always have your eyeballs on every single aspect of your business. Yes. Wow. And I want to ask you how you made this very defining decision in your life. You left the acting world and decided to delve into entrepreneurship, which was, you know, uncharted waters for you. So tell us about that. It was definitely uncharted. I mean, I was a soap star (laughs) for for, for 10 years. And if you would have told me 10 years ago that my true passion was manufacturing, I would have looked at you crazy. And it really mm-hmm. is amazing how if you leave yourself open to where life just wants to take you, it's kind of decisions sort of make themselves if you leave yourself open. Um, Brendan was born nine weeks early. He was fighting for his life for six weeks. I mean, when I was pregnant with him, Passions was finishing up and we decided to move back to New York. And then two months after we moved, he was born, you know, so early and then was in intensive care. And that was the game changer. I had every intention of going back to work on TV, you know, but that was the game changer. And 
I had had the idea for Sage Spoonfuls about a year and a half before when my son Royce was born. I was, I thought, wow, there's really nothing on the market to make providing fresh baby food like easy. There literally was nothing. There was still BPA in the plastics. I mean, there was still phthalates. I mean, it was like the, the, the organic trend was only just starting. And I had had the idea, but I was already, you know, working and didn't really have the time or the desire to start a new company. But, you know, fast forward to Brendan being in intensive care. I mean, that's the game changer. And so six months after he came home and was stable, I mean, I kind of noticed in the market that there was still a hole and really no products out there. So I sat my husband down and I told him my idea and he thought it was a great idea. And unbeknownst to him, I had been doing hundreds of hours of research. And, you know, what I thought was going to be just a really easy to follow recipe book that demystified the process for parents and some made in the USA storage jars just very quickly blossomed into a robust line. I mean, we were available nationwide in every Bye Bye Baby five months after launching. Amazing. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It it was really, it caught on like wildfire. I mean, Sage Spoonfuls was one of the three founding brands of homemade baby food products. And I really learned on the fly. Uh, Grow as you go is really my philosophy. Just don't, don't stop. Don't stop. Don't wait for the perfect moment. Just grow as you go and hire the best people you can to join your team who can really help fill in the gaps that yes. you know, and have strengths that you don't have. That's amazing. What inspired you to come up with the brand name Sage Spoonfuls? So the initial idea that I had was Mommy's Kitchen. And there happened to be this guy in New Jersey who owned the URL and like demanded $8,000. I'll never forget. It wasn't $5,000. It wasn't $10,000. She wanted $8,000, you know, for the name Mommy's Kitchen. I was like, oh my gosh. And then a few weeks later, I just shot out of bed at like 2 a.m. and Sage Spoonfuls. And it it just like, I don't even know where it came from, a dream. I have no backstory as to where it actually came from. And I remember it was 2.30 in the morning and I ran to my computer, like the trademark was open, the URL was open and like everything that you could possibly need was open. And so I took it. And now as a seasoned CEO, you know, and the brand is so seasoned, it was uh, Mommy's Kitchen is it would have been a terribly limiting name. Thank you, gentlemen in New Jersey who has Mommy's <laughs> Kitchen.com. You, you can keep it. it. <laughs> you can keep it, sir. <laughs> you know? So, I love it. Oh my goodness. Um, Sage Spoonfuls is so unlike its competitors on the market. Instead of, you know, just having it be a a packaged good that's, you know, organic and USDA approved and all that, it's actually inspiring parents to cook from scratch. Um, And you can't get any more organic than that. So why is that so inherent to the brand? You know, you you just said it perfectly, cook from scratch. Those are some scary words to new parents who think, oh my gosh, okay, I'm going to start my baby on solids and, you know, I don't want to do anything to hurt them. Maybe someone doesn't know how to cook or, you know, let me just buy store-bought because I'm, I really, I want to um, make sure that this is okay. And right. then you've got the time element. A lot of people feel like homemade baby food takes a lot of time. So when you say like, I've kind of stopped saying the word homemade. I've kind of moved because the word homemade, I think in people's minds, they envision time consuming, you know, this laborious task. But when you think of fresh, 
versus processed, because even the most expensive organic baby food pouches are processed food with a two-year shelf life Mm -hmm. um, that are wildly deficient in natural nutrients and have been loaded up with... um, artificial artificial nutrients. Mm -hmm. Um, If it's just fresh, like when you think, oh my gosh, let me just like take a fork and mash up a banana or an avocado, like that's homemade baby food. But when you switch out the word homemade to fresh, it suddenly becomes a more appealing process. So it's really about, Sage Spoonfuls is all about making fresh and healthy easy for busy parents because it does not need to be complicated. You can make two weeks of baby food in 10 minutes, you put it in your freezer and then you don't have to deal with it again. I remember on Sunday evenings, I used to pour a giant goblet of wine and just, I would actually spend an hour prepping the baby food and Mm -hmm. I would have like jar upon jar upon jar in my freezer and I would literally just do it once a month. So, and it's also so much cheaper. You know, you're a mom, you, you've seen how many food allergies there are, how many eaters there are. And Mm -hmm. so, such a, um, wild, just huge jump in picky eating and food allergies. And a lot of it has to do with children being fed a steady diet of processed foods. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. And you want to kind of train their palate, give them different, you know, foods to try. And the fact that you're making it so easy to mash or, you know, kind of puree with like this handheld blender, it's you're just simplifying the entire process. Exactly. And and it's not recipes. Like sure, vegetables in the beginning need to be lightly steamed, but fruits can be just blended up raw. Just wash right. and peel them and put them in our, you know, our blender and blend them up and that's it. You are done. Yes. You know, yeah. it's um it's a much faster, easier process and overwhelming majority of store-bought does not taste right or smell right or look right. And it's just part of the food processing to get the shelf life. So if you put it in adult terms, if you go to a restaurant and you order something and it's just gross, it's just gross. You're (laughs) like, oh my gosh, I'm never ordering this again. It doesn't matter if someone tells you that the restaurant next door makes the same thing, but it's amazing because in your mind, you don't like this meal now. Right. And it's right. the same thing That's with true. peas. If you try like fresh garden peas that look gray in the jar and they smell gross and taste bland, why all of a sudden when you're, you know, 18 months or two years old and someone tries to give you fresh peas, you're like, ah, no thanks. No yeah, thanks. Exactly. You've written it off. It's kind of that same mentality. So um, I mean, of course, everyone's doing the best they can. And, you know, as so as much as you can prepare fresh in bulk, that's what we recommend. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, now that, you know, as parents and individuals, we're all kind of on a health kick and we're meal prepping for ourselves. Why not do that for our children side by side? And the fact that the entire family can eat this food is amazing. I mean, that's the thing. We have recipes like leek and lima bean mashed potatoes that are delicious. And so it's mm. a great meal for your baby, but it's a side dish for the rest of your family. Right. Well, our whole philosophy is one family, one meal. You know, we're not short order cooks. We are busy, busy parents. And, you know, we, we make it easy. And we very quickly blossomed into 
you know, toddler mealtime essentials as well and trying to combat picky eating, like with our silly elephant plate, you know, you've Mm -hmm. got, you've got two compartments versus four or five. So it's far less intimidating for picky eaters. You know, you put the thing that they like, which is normally nuggets, fries, or mac and cheese in the big plate Yeah, in in, in the big section and then something smaller, you know, that you just want them to take one bite of in the, in the smaller compartment. And um, we've seen a lot of success with that. A lot of feedback from customers and, and even my own Mason, he is probably like the pickiest eater in the world. You know, it, it helped to turn him around. Yeah. I I love those plates. Did you have it kind of with meal portions in mind where it's like, this is protein, this is carb, this is fiber, like, or it was just like, like how you kind of mapped it out? You know, I didn't. And that it it just is a wonderful kind of secondary portion control use that came out of it. I really was thinking more along the lines of how do we combat picky eating? It is such a pervasive issue nationwide, globally for parents everywhere. (laughs) And so with our Happy Foodie stainless steel plate, it has three compartments and the Silly Elephant has two. We actually use the Happy Foodie, my husband and I as well, all six of us in my family every night and for dinner. And it really helps with portion control. Yeah, And it really, it reminds you, because before I had those plates, and even though this is what I do for a living, I would just like, you know, put some mac and cheese, just smack it on the plate, (laughs) some mac and cheese. But you little smiling happy foodie plate reminds you, hello, I have yes. more compartments and one of them, let's put some fresh fruit and the other yep. one let's put in a veggie. And it just like reminds you just, and then not even anything fancy and it not even anything cooked, like slice up some carrots or cucumbers and a handful of grapes. And that's just as good as some fancy thing and maybe even better because it's raw and it's fresh. Yes, yes, yes. I want you to walk us through your product line because it's so vast. You have like this blender and glass storage jars and the stainless steel plates. I mean, tell us about all of these different SKUs, if you will, and the the purpose. Thank you. You know, we have, we started out only with homemade baby food items. And so, and then, like I said, we quickly expanded. So now Sage Spoonfuls has everything parents need to prep, serve, and store fresh baby food, but also mealtime essentials for toddlers and big kids, and then also easily prepping healthy school lunches for elementary school students, if our kids ever go back to school. Um, (laughs) So we have have this awesome blender called the Sage Baby Puree and Blend, and it's one of the top sellers on Amazon, and it has been for a really long time, and I'm so proud of that. And it's an immersion blender and a food processor in one, so parents and caregivers aren't limited in any way as to how much food they can prep at once, the texture they can make, or what kind of food they can blend. A lot of these all-in-one baby food cooker machines have incredibly small capacities and really can only provide a puree. And to be honest, I mean, I'm a big fan of incorporating baby-led weaning and purees. Like, I mean, you have to crawl before you walk. So I do believe you should start with purees, but then as soon as your child learns how to swallow food from a spoon, you can quickly bump up the texture to beyond purees. And that's what the Sage Baby Puree and Blend is made for. We've Mm -hmm. got a great stainless steel steamer basket that's basically our take on the classic steamer basket. We have, you know, two inch high legs on the thing. So it keeps it up out of the water rather than boiling the food. You know, you're just, Mm -hmm. we have, you know, an award-winning recipe book. We have made in the USA um, BPA-free 
baby food jars, I believe we're the only brand on the market to make any baby food storage in the United States. And I'm very proud of that. Amazing. Uh, we have so many different kinds of glass jars. We have four ounce glass jars and eight ounce glass jars. And last year we released our brand new tough glass collection, which is stronger than Pyrex. I mean, it's so strong. You, wow. can, you can take it from a deep freezer, take the lid off and put it right into a microwave on high or a 450 degree oven and it won't break. We have customers send us video and images of their kids, not that I recommend this, but mm-hmm. slamming their glass jars <laughs> on tile floor and they don't break and tossing, oh my them off their, you know, tossing them off their high chairs onto wood floors and they don't break. And then we've got, you know, snack bags and awesome squeeze pouches and everything is reusable and everything is eco-friendly and everything is designed to grow with your child. And our silly elephant plate, which has like the strongest suction base on the market, even my 13-year-old can't pull it off and the stainless steel <laughs> foodie. And just like we make mealtime essentials better. You know, right. it's just better than what's out there. We're like the top two baby food jar on Amazon. And um, I mean, I'm so proud of that. Tell us how, you know, your team worked together and, and all the moving parts in the business. Absolutely. Again, with the grow as you go, I mean, I had no business experience. I mean, my husband has always been my, really my number one mentor, helping me grow and learn. And and like every entrepreneur, or like at least most entrepreneurs, you're wearing all the hats in the beginning. I mean, I remember um, back in the day, we had our garage stocked floor to ceiling. And I used to like, you know, a couple times a week, like go to the local post office. And my guy, Ed, you know, he used to meet me in the back with like the big push truck. And we used to like load all the orders up. And, you know, <laughs> so I was, everything from order fulfillment to, you know, accounting to like everything, product design, global compliance, everything. And then I remember looking and oh my gosh, I wouldn't even do things like digitally. Everything was like in binders. And this was back in the day when diapers.com was, um, was still around. And I remember I was about a year in and I looked at my ridiculous binder that I put together and I had $100,000 of invoices just for diapers.com alone that I hadn't sent out. And I said to myself, okay, I'm, I, it's time to like get out of like the horse and buggy lane here and like get some people. So we brought on, um, you know, we wound up moving to a big fulfillment center that not only warehouses the product, but they fulfill, there's customer service. Although I still respond to customers directly because I, I just, I want them to know that I'm here, you know, and and they can talk directly to me and that I care because I really do. Order fulfillment, you know, I, I brought on an amazing COO and head of sales. I mean, she comes from just some like Fisher Price. Mm. I, I, she's just amazing. And she and my husband are my number one mentors. I have learned so much from Anne. I am just eternally grateful that she came into my life. And so three years in, I brought on Anne. We redid the price list. She, she, she just did everything and sales were up 300% within three wow. months for joining. And it just goes to show the right team is everything. Yes. Look, I'm still 100% owner seven years in. And the way I've been able to do that, and you talk about a team, there's, look, there's attorneys, there's accountants, there's web designers, there's graphic designers, there's there's global compliance, there's testing labs, there's boots on the ground in China, if there's product, you know, for, to, um, my team of inspectors, you know, there are, there, I have dozens and dozens and dozens of people who work 
with me, but they're mm-hmm. third party contractors. You know, I have, I have four employees who work for me directly, but everyone else is an independent contractor. Either they're a third party, you know, third party logistics, or they're an independent contractor or a 1099. And that's, you know, really keeping it tight. That's really been, and utilizing every funding option under the sun has allowed me to scale and grow and hire as I need to. And now, you know, hiring a new assembly team literally just two weeks ago and growing the team even more. There are so many businesses where you have to start off with angel investors or VCs. When you have a product-based business, you don't necessarily have to do that. I had three huge, wonderful VCs come to me saying, we want to invest in you. And actually two companies were interested in purchasing us. And I just said, you know, this doesn't feel right. I know I can do this myself. Like, okay, it's going to take me a little bit longer to Mm -hmm. get to where I know I want to go. But look, I want to make my own schedule. I don't want to have to answer to anyone other than myself and my customers. <laughs> like, right, right. When we spoke, this was a few months ago and prior to the pandemic, you told me about another scenario where you went into the Amazon account and made some changes there and then increased your sales something like 10x. As a brand, you can sell like three different ways on Amazon. You can either kind of put up your own storefront, you know, and and have a a seller account on Amazon. You can go through a third party, you know, where like they're the, they buy in bulk from you and then they put it up on their like Amazon resellers. Or you can work directly with Amazon. Mm. They buy in monster bulk from you and then game on. And that's what we do. So when we set that up many, many years ago, It was set up and it was great for the time. Mm -hmm. I I just have been so focused all these years on global compliance, product development. I was like, you know what? Let me take a look at our Amazon listings. And I was like, wow, we look like 1983. (laughs) You know, I like people don't write this way anymore. They're not drawn to these kinds of images anymore. We have like 37 SKUs on Amazon. And Mm -hmm. it took me all day, every day for three weeks but I reshot every image. We have six images and one video for every single product that we have on Amazon. I rewrote every single product header and every single bullet point. And it went live. And the following week, sales were up 3x. And the week after that, they were up 5x. And the week after that, they were up 10x. They were up so big. Even if we sold everything we had in the warehouse, we still couldn't fill this one order from Amazon. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So like, uh, yeah. don't, wow. I, I guess the moral of the story is don't ignore any element because you have no idea what is going to be the thing. Yeah, just where the goal might Just shoot is. it through the roof. Yes, yes. That's definitely how to do it. CEOs do have to deal with a lot of you know, pitfalls and rejection. So how does that affect you and how do you bounce back? You're right. There is so much rejection. You get more no's than you get yeses. Mm. The older I get and the more experienced I get, I see that historically all the no's were because they were not right. I don't take it personally. I Mm -hmm. don't have my heart broken if like X, Y, and Z retailer doesn't want to carry us or, you know, maybe sales at such and such are slower than they should be. Or if something, you know, if, if a product is three months delayed or if they, well, like I literally see at this time in my life, I see possibility in everything. And I think that comes with age and experience instead of having a freaking breakdown and crying like I used to do. Mm -hmm. 
you know, mm-hmm. in the early days, like take everything personally. Oh my gosh, you know, this retailer doesn't want to carry us because they already took on this brand. You know what? They're not even in business anymore. Or you know what I'm saying? And like yes. with Toys R Us, like we lost so much money when they went down, as did a lot mm-hmm. of brands. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and now I look now, I look what's happening now. And it's just heartbreaking. Like so many brick and mortars are going out of business and so many stores are just closed. Yeah. You know, that it, like my focus is exactly where it should have been all along and everything that I thought was so important is not. And so just, you know, for, for, for anyone out there, see the nose as the greatest possibilities ever. Like I, I can't even tell you the things that I've, I've made happen out of the nose and wow. I'm so grateful for them. If you see them as a blessing and an opportunity and not a punch in the throat, it really can change everything. If you yes. have a product that's delayed, you know what? That's the the powers above telling you that, that you should probably make an improvement or an adjustment or there's a better way or a different pattern or you're missing something or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. okay, what's the possibility out of this? What's the opportunity? As you have a customer who's mad, what's the opportunity for growth? So mm-hmm. that's that's where I am. And it definitely comes with with experience because boy, oh boy, as a, as, as a CEO and a founder and, you know, everything about Sage Spoonfuls comes from my heart. You know, if you see a bad review or something, it definitely used to just demolish me. It really did. It used to demolish me. Yeah. (laughs) So it's normal. It's normal. Yeah. Yeah. So you're an entrepreneur and a mom of four. And I feel like, you know, in this day and age, so many women who are um, extremely career driven kind of pass up on having more than one kid or two kids. And they're like, I'm going to stop now. Why did you choose to have a big family? And, you know, tell us why you like made that decision in the first place. Well, we both just, each of us always wanted a big family. It's just Mm -hmm. something we always wanted. So I feel incredibly blessed that God graced us with four beautiful children. But Hayden, my my daughter, who was third in the line, she was a brutal birth, like really brutal. (laughs) God bless her. It was just a difficult, and I was like, oh, maybe the maybe the oven's closed. And then there came (laughs) shortly after. So which I'm eternally grateful for. So yes. But look, everyone. My best friend has one child. I mean, everyone. Mm -hmm. And then you have like. Every total, like amazing CEO women who have like six kids. I mean, it's, it's all what you want and it's, everyone's got different, different goals and that's awesome. That's true. That's true. No. Um, but I, I love that you have a big family and you're doing all of this because, you know, I think life doesn't stop after having kids, Right. right? You can find the time you, you know, you go after it and you make things happen. Um, it's not a setback at all. It's not a setback. I really believe if anything, it's a huge gift and it's a big feather in your cap because it gives you a completely different perspective on the world. And, um, there's no such thing as having the time. You make yeah. the time. You make, yeah. you make the time to chase your dreams. You make the time for your children. You make the time for your spouse and you make the time for yourself. There mm-hmm. is no time. There is no time. You make the time for what's important to you. Yes, absolutely. And now in this, you know, COVID-19 world that we're living in, it was kind of thrust upon us that we have to make the time to homeschool and cook and clean and, you know, run our businesses or work a job. And somehow we're doing it. Right. I mean, the the fact that we're so capable and we actually don't give ourselves that much credit. I don't know. I find it to be so eye opening. I'm like, I, I didn't realize I could do this much in a day. And yeah, you know, when the kids go back to school, 
cool. It's like, look at our output. It's going to increase many times over because we did so much in a day. <laughs> Absolutely. I think compartmentalizing your time is key. So because mm-hmm. I used to just, I mean, th- there's no beauty in multitasking. Nothing yeah. good comes from multitasking and took me a long time to learn that because when you multitask, everything only gets like 10, 20 or 30% of your attention. So for me, when it's time to work, I'm 100% focused on work. When it's time to be a mom, it's time to be a mom. When it's, you know, you got to make time for your spouse and you also have to carve out some time for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. That's something that I learned from my husband as well, because I feel like he's so laser focused on one thing and he like can't walk and talk at the same time. And I like make fun (laughs) of him about a lot of guys. But it's can't. true, right? Yeah, I know, right? It's just, I think women, we just take so much on and we want to get everything done at the same time and perfectly. And something's going to fall through the track, uh, cracks when you do it that way, you know? So, yeah, you're, really. You're good 100% advice. right. And actually, women are innately capable of doing many things at one time and doing many yeah. things at one time fantastically. However, however, by compartmentalizing, we give ourselves a break, Mm -hmm. you know, and we really like, you know, we really can focus on ourselves and we, it actually, it does make us more present when we're with our kids, because I don't want my children to look back on their childhood and be like, and picture their mom with the phone in her face. Yes. Yes, I know. And there's um, studies on that, on fubbing, where if you are on your phone um, around your kids, it, it can lead to like depression and insecurity and that kind of thing. But yeah, it's true. It's like we need to lead by example. You mentioned your experience with your son, Brandon, and I know that he was diagnosed with cerebral palsy when he was a baby, but he's a warrior. He so, is a warrior. And right? you know, it's actually like this statistic is something like one in 356 births, the, mm-hmm. the child develops cerebral palsy. It's so much more common than you would think. And it's just, it's, you know, there's so many different ranges of severity, so to speak. And mm-hmm. um, he's really, he's a warrior. He's had multiple very severe surgeries. Uh, cerebral palsy is really categorized, one being the least affected where you wouldn't even know the person had cerebral palsy and five being, you know, if you're, you're wheelchair bound. And Brendan was born somewhere between like a two, three, and he was 19 months old and he still couldn't stand up on his own. And so we really knew something was wrong. Uh, and that's actually where the majority of the cerebral palsy cases are diagnosed is right around when the child is about two years old, because you you can kind of feel their bodies tight, but they're they are making some milestones. But then the walking, you know, is of course some um, big milestone. So yes. you know, he got into some spectacular physical therapy, and he took his first steps at 22 months old. And we were just you know so grateful, so grateful he could walk. That's amazing. He jumped for the first time when he was seven. That was a big deal. We never thought he could swim in the deep end. And after his big surgery, um, he had a selective dorsal rhizotomy uh, when he was seven. Um, and that removed 100% of the spasticity in his body. And it's a phenomenal surgery. Um, quick note about it. If anyone, anyone listening has a child or knows someone with a child with cerebral palsy, please take a look at um, Dr. T.S. Park Mm-hmm. Uh, at the St. Louis Children's Hospital um, in St. Louis. There's there's no one better. And the surgery isn't for everyone who has cerebral palsy, but when you have spastic diplegia like Brendan did and you're moderately affected, it can just change your life. So he can swim in the deep end, but you know, it was, he was nine years old. Right, so right, he's right. getting there. I mean, he swam in the mm-hmm. ocean for the first time when he was 10. I thought, 
that the waves were going to like knock him over. I made him wear like this floaty. He was beside himself with embarrassment. I was like, dude, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm envisioning you getting knocked over by a wave and we never see you again. But lo and, lo and behold, I mean, he, he's a warrior. Um, and he's just defeating all the odds. And, um, I'm just so impressed by him. Yes, yes. And I mean, you've become an advocate for CP. And if there are any parents who are listening, um, are there support groups or organizations that they can get involved in? If anyone um, is interested in learning more, um, you know, you can reach out to me directly at Liza Huber, shoot me a DM on Instagram. I'd be so happy to share all of my resources because I've learned a lot, everything from the support you need in school. I mean, we had to hire an attorney. Mm-hmm. You know, an education attorney. I mean, we had, there was, so, there's so much advocating that you have to do. So if anyone has any questions about any of it, you know, and finding the right team of therapists and what kind of therapy do you need and getting the IEP right. And it's just, it's, it's the, you know, for the school system, there's so much. So please feel free to shoot me a DM at Liza Huber and I'm happy to share my resources. That's so kind of you. Thank you. Thank you. I, and I think that's so important that families uh, that are, I'm going through this, know that they're not alone and there's someone else that can kind of light the path for them. You're so right. When it wasn't until we came forward with our story when Brendan was seven that I started to meet other moms and dads whose children had cerebral palsy because you want to see, you know, a child who's five years ahead of your child and 10 years Mm -hmm. ahead of your child. And of course, everyone is affected a little bit differently, but I wanted to see another child who was at a level two, three, you know, how are they doing? Can they jump? Can they ride a bike? Like, you know, how are they doing? And when we went public with the story, in People Magazine. And I really wrestled with that in a big way because you certainly don't ever want to, or at least for me, I did not, I did not at all want to invade Brendan's privacy. Right. right. But he also was at an age where we started talking about it because he would ask me why do his legs feel tight? And he started to notice mm-hmm. a difference in uh, his physical abilities versus his, his peers' abilities. And mm-hmm. I, all of a sudden I said to my husband, you know, we're not talking about this with anyone other than Brendan and close family. Like even our friends don't really know, like, and I don't ever want Brendan to feel ashamed. And if mm-hmm. we're not talking about it really openly and expanding our community and becoming and really embracing and becoming a part of the cerebral palsy community, what kind of message is that sending to Brendan? And yeah. so when we went public, and, and it was also scary too, because we went public on such a national stage, mm. it was a gift for me and Brendan and my husband in such an amazing way. I probably had like 600 emails from that appearance. And that's how I learned about Dr. Park. You know, I, I became friendly with two of the parents and one of them, she was a physical therapist and her daughter had just had the surgery one year earlier and was Brendan's age. And she really talked me through it because it's a very big deal. It has to do with them um, like clipping nerves inside the spinal cord. It's it's wild. Yeah. But, um, so when you share your story and then we were a few years later back out in St. Louis for a checkup and I was in the waiting room and this woman came over to me with her three-year-old and she said, are you Liza? And I said, yes. And she said, I'm here because of you. And and we just started sobbing and sobbing. And uh, her daughter wound up having the same surgery and it changed her life. And, you know, then she, she shared her story and they shared their story. And so I think that there's so 
there's such a big gift when mm-hmm. you share your story. You never know who you never know who it's going to touch. So, yeah. um, I, and Brendan was really happy that we spoke about it, and um, and then it became a non-issue. And then right. the, the kids in the community and the, the kids in his school all of a sudden had a deeper understanding of what was going on mm-hmm. because they knew that something was different, but nobody knew what. And then, so they didn't know exactly, quote unquote, what to do with him. Yeah. Should, should they invite him to a birthday party? Should they not? And I mean, our community just embraced him so much. It helped them really understand more. And he's such just a love and so sweet and kind. And so I highly suggest sharing. It's 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 you're giving a gift and you, you'll get a gift in return. Exactly. Exactly. Now about your husband. So you and Alexander are just a power team. And I feel like, you you know, you have a great understanding in your relationship from our conversations. So how do you kind of divide and contribute and divvy up the responsibilities, especially during COVID? Alex and I have known each other since the first grade. So we're oh like... Oh <laughs> my God, how cute is that? You have yeah. pictures and everything? Yes, we actually That's were cute. in the same first grade class together. He's standing behind me. It's the kid, our, our kids get a big kick out of it. I said, Mason, we were your age. He's like, oh my yeah. God. Um, <laughs> you never know. Wow. You know, no one on earth has believed in me more than that man. We have had so many marriages, like crazy ups, horrible downs, round and round. And, you know, the foundation is so strong and the love is so strong and he supports me more than anyone on earth. And I'm so grateful for it. I mean, this man, you know, has drained his 401k twice for me. So I could, you know, buy more inventory in the early days because he also didn't want me to take on a VC. He said, I know we can do this. And, Mm. you know, took on unbelievably huge financial burdens so that we could maybe get a home equity line of credit so we can use that to, to build the company. I mean, he's, he's been just unbelievable mentor, I, I can't imagine a better partner. And he's also very much a hands-on dad. I mean, he built a swing, a tree swing for Hayden yesterday. And oh um, yeah, I mean, he's he's a computer guy, but I was like, yeah. what? oh my gosh, he went to Home Depot and he came back with like a cordless chainsaw and like all this stuff. And I said, oh, oh what are you going to do? What yeah. are you going to do with this? <laughs> That is, I mean, and he yeah, built wow. a swing. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, look, you know, the number one person who believe who needs to believe in you is you. But it mm-hmm. sure as heck helps to have a partner, a spouse, a husband or wife who backs you up and who you know will take the kids out of the house when you need to have a meeting during COVID. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, it's true, it's true. I, yeah, and that you need that rock in your life. Yeah, you know? absolutely. It's, it's so important. What books have you read that you can recommend that have somehow, you know, impacted you on your journey? I absolutely love Sheryl Sandberg's book, Plan B. And mm-hmm. it is not a business book. It's a book about overcoming trauma, failures, and very deep, deep emotional things in your life. You know, she very tragically lost her husband years ago. And But interwoven in the book are other people's stories. And whether it was a personal loss or a business loss or a financial loss or something incredibly shameful, so to speak, or traumatic, and how these people got 
through it. And there's also all these studies that she brings in on, you know, how people grow and learn through emotional and traumatic experiences. I just, again, you're not alone. Yes. It's just stories of some of the most successful people in the world and how they've basically rebuilt themselves after going through crisis of one kind or another. So I mm-hmm. highly recommend Plan B. Fantastic. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad you recommended that. Let's not forget our quote of the day. I always ask my um, guests a quote that they live by, but I actually found a quote that you said, and you have so many gems on your Instagram, and I just love how authentic they are. So this one was, your uniqueness is a superpower. Don't hide it just so you can be more like the competition. Be unabashedly yourself and stand up from the rest. That's where the magic is. So when... And like, what point in time did you come up with this? So I'm 45. And when I turned 40, it's like this light switch went on. And all of a sudden, I just didn't care what people thought of me anymore. I said, you know what? You can't please everyone. Why why am I caring so much about what other people are doing? Why am I looking at, you know, our competition and like, oh, well, and then second guessing myself and what I'm doing for Sage Spoonfuls? Like, why? And so the second I stopped and I just put on, you know, of course you have to be aware of what's going on around you, but, you know, I put on my own blinders and I said, you know what, I'm going to use my voice because there's enough of the competition out there. There's enough sameness. There's enough, but there's only one Liza. There's only one Sage Spoonfuls. There's only one of everyone. That's our uniqueness. That's that's where we shine because, you know, there's a million of the same but there's only one us. And if you're trying to hide your own voice, then you're nothing but the same. And so when I started just not caring what the competition was doing, not caring what anyone thought about what I'm wearing, anything, nothing. I mean, the brand really started to grow and round out and develop and have its own unique voice and look. And I mean, we really, that it was, it's at that point that the brand really grew roots and has just been blowing up ever since because I'm able to lead the company with my vision, not a vision that is tainted by the competition and what they're doing, by what Mm. my vision is for the company. And personally, you know, in my personal life, I've never been happier. You know, I'm raising my children my way. I'm allowing people in my life who deserve to be in my life, not who cause me, you know, stress and heartache and problems. You know, you just, you, I've decided to surround myself with people who love me and who I love and no drama and just be myself. And I think that is where the magic is when you allow yourself to be yourself. That, mm. That's, you know, that's, that, that is where the magic is. It's now time for Mom Hall when we share products we love. This is a fun segment, Mom Hall, where you share any product that you're loving and it's just been a game changer for you. And it could be parenting related, beauty, wellness, really anything. So do you have one that you can share with us? I do. I do. And it's a spectacular new female owned business. So 
I don't know if you experienced this with your kids, but as my kids got a little bit older, like their skin, like they refused to put on lotion. Like they wouldn't mm. do it. And, you know, we're up in Boston and then spend a lot of time in Vermont and their skin was just disgusting. And I would have to like attack them with avocado oil or anything. But my new friend has this wonderful company called Potion 58. So it's Potion 58, potion58.com. And she makes the most gorgeous balm for skin. And it's ever, and it's just, it's, it has the, like this amazing smell that's just almost like you're in a spa. It's not feminine. It's not masculine. It's not overwhelming. Everything is natural and organic. And it's everything from babies to men, women, and kids. And it's potion58.com. And it, you can put it anywhere. It is so healing. It's great for everything. And so I just get it by the caseload. And I love that it's a, a new, brand new female owned business and she's doing great. And she's just fantastic. Potion58.com. That's my favorite, my new favorite. I love it. I can't wait to get some Revive Your Skin. Oh, wow. Mine is a friend of mine, um, Sabina Bassin. She uh, has a company called In Kids and she um, created these bond bands. So Ooh. they're kind of like, yeah, like BFF bracelets that you can give your sibling or oh, your friend. Yeah. And it's really sweet. And it's rooted in Indian culture. So like we have this ceremony called Raksha Bandhan, which means um, tying a band of protection and a sister ties this Rocky on her brother and kind of like a promise. It's like, you know, if you, I hope that you promise to be by my side and take care of me. And it's, it's just a ceremony you do on this holiday every year. And she just kind of um, drew from that and said, um, why not have this kind of protective bond with your siblings and with your friends. So I really love that. Sweet. So it's called bond bands. I love mm -hmm. that. I love that so much. I am definitely yeah. going to check that out for my kids because it's really very special. Mm -hmm. what, a yeah, great, what a great idea. Yeah. And it's a reminder, you know, that like they have someone who loves them and they, that'll always be by their side. I love um, that so much. Where can we find Sage Spoonfuls? So you can check us out at sagespoonfuls.com. Um, also, you know, our, our line, I know everything is basically um, online now. <laughs> Not too much shopping mm -hmm. in the stores, but we're, you know, on Amazon, we're on target.com, on walmart.com, buybybaby.com, and Bed Bath & Beyond. So all the, all the major stores, um, their websites carry Sage Spoonfuls, which is great because we're in store at Bye Bye Baby as well, but they're closed right now. So thank you. And you have extended the code to my audience, MomSense30. Yes. Um, Thank you so much. So 30% off your order, guys. Yes. Yeah, so you can visit us at sagespoonfuls.com and then the checkout page, enter MomSense30 for 30% off. And we have free shipping at $39. So that's good stuff. And yes. your package may very well have been packed by me because I am, now, <laughs> I am now working in the warehouse until... COVID is over. Yes, yes. I mean, you are just a true testament to what it takes to be um, gritty and resourceful as an entrepreneur. And you are an amazing mom to boot. And I'm so, so blessed to call you a friend. So thank you. Thank you, Liza, oh, for being Monica, on the show. Thank you so much for having me. And I feel so lucky to have met you and so grateful to have you as a friend as well. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you got some great takeaways from my chat with Liza Huber. 
She is a woman who lives by her mom's sense. It's the intuition she relied on when she had the idea for Sage Spoonfuls and then actually followed through on it when she had her second. And she listened to that voice when she knew she was going to deliver early. And she continues to take a stand for causes that are close and important to her family. She is such a wonderful human being. Tune in to other episodes and subscribe to my newsletter to receive promo codes from my brand partners at thatstotalmomsense.com. Just log on to the website and click on the pop-up to sign up. Keep sending me your messages and fan mail. I absolutely love it. My email is thatstotalmomsense at gmail.com. And remember, always trust your mom sense. Stay strong, super mamas, especially in these tough times. See you next time. That's total mom sense.